You're listening to the Dale Upright Show. And now, your host, Dale Upright. Right, welcome everybody. Thank you for joining me. Um, this is my first solo podcast, so if you haven't already checked out uh, the No Spoon podcast, you can uh, check that out on YouTube. Um, but uh, quick shout out to the the people that are subscribed to my Substack at uh, DaleUpright.substack.com. Um, this will be this uh, podcast will be up on that platform, and hopefully, uh, like Pandora and. Um, some other some other platforms, hopefully YouTube, but uh, you can always go there to get my articles and podcasts. So, um, so thank you, and let's get right into the news. We got a couple of uh, zero hedge articles I'm going to cover. A uh, shift gold article, RT news, but uh, the first one is from Zero Hedge. The headline is Russia accuses U.S. of stoking escalation by Mid East force buildup as Pentagon blames Iran. <clears throat> um, so this has, this is going to have a lot of uh, um, implications if, uh, if things do escalate, especially with Iran um, geopolitically and, and also with uh, economic um, kind of uh, downfalls that are going to affect the United States, right? Um, a lot of oil goes through that area. I think something like 20 or 25 percent. Um, and we got the next article I'm going to cover here is Lindsey Graham um, talking about just uh, leveling the oil fields in Iran if they uh, if they, um, you know, uh, take any kind of action, which I don't believe there's any uh, there has been any evidence for that. But uh, Lindsey Graham is making threats anyway. Um, so, but the uh, Russia um, article says Russia has weighed in strongly against the additional U.S. warships recently sent by the, Pen- by the Pentagon to the Middle East region, saying this heightened U.S. presence only serves as a risk of escalation of the conflict of Gaza. Um, so this this whole topic is kind of getting uh, I don't know I'm getting a little burnout on it. it basically, ninety five percent of the people that I encounter on a day-to-day basis just think that we should do, um, we should back Israel no matter what, and we should uh, give them everything we've got as far as financial aid and troops on the ground. Um, and there's this, uh, there's this deep religious kind of connection to that. And I have an article coming out tomorrow that probably a lot of people are going to disagree with, um, but I wrote it anyway. It's just how I feel. Um, but I know on the on the No Spoon podcast, me and John talked about um, Rand Paul's position, which I agree with. Um, and he basically said that we shouldn't be funding either side um, and that, uh, you know, Israel is a, a rich country and obviously we don't support Hamas. Um, they, I, they are a terrorist organization. Um, and that doesn't that doesn't mean that we don't uh, that we don't, um, you know, it's, it's still possible for uh, people to give of themselves and t- with charity and even non-governmental organizations. Um, but as far as U.S. tax dollars, 
U.S. troops go. Um, yeah, I just don't think it's a good idea for us to get involved. It has a lot of geopolitical um, connotations. Uh, Russia and China are both kind of allies with Iran, and Iran is involved uh, in this with um, backing Palestine and, and Hamas and Hezbollah comes out of um, Iran. So uh, that's not not to say that we uh, that we're scared, um, but it's not it's not really um, our fight. I don't think um, a lot of people are going to disagree with me on that. But that's just how I feel. That's how the Pauls feel, and I I believe that's how the, uh, the founding fathers would have would have felt. Um, they wrote in letters um, back and forth to each other, um, not to get involved in foreign affairs, um, and you know had they. Had they believed in a federal income tax, which they didn't, um, they would not have wanted that money to go to financial aid for Ukraine and for funding both sides of, you know, the war um, in Israel and Palestine, sending humanitarian aid to Palestine and then sending basically arms and uh, warships to Israel. Um, It all kind of echoes the... uh, the kind of global elite scheme that's been going on for certainly longer than I've been alive. Um, and that is to fund both sides of the war and the military industrial complex is the only, the only one that wins, right? Um, Israel doesn't win. The, the citizens in Israel don't win. The citizens in Palestine don't win. And the citizens in America don't win. It's the elite that win. It's the, industri- the military industrial complex that wins. It's the, the, congressmen and women who have uh, backdoor deals going with these companies like Raytheon and uh, you know all these different defense contractors they're the ones who win they line their pockets and uh, everybody else loses um, and so um, like I said I know there's religious implications but I would urge people to if they felt led to to give independently and charitably but not um not with uh u.s military and u.s foreign aid i don't think that's appropriate um and it can uh like uh the uh russian foreign minister Ser- sergey lavrov said monday during a meeting uh in tyran that the more a state takes this kind of proactive measure, the greater the risk and the danger of an escalation of the conflict. So we could find ourselves um, not only in conflict with um, somebody like Palestine, Palestine or Iran, but also with Russia or China. And I think, you know, I don't really need to um, go over how, how disastrous that could be. Those are the other two superpowers. Um, So that's all I'll talk about on that article um tucker carlson had a retired colonel douglas mcgregor on his show um where he kind of echoed what i'm saying a little bit um he start uh tucker Tucker carlson starts off highlighting lindsey graham who vowed if hezbollah which is a proxy of iran launches a massive attack on israel i consider that a threat to the state of israel existential in nature i will introduce a resolution Um, in the United States Senate to allow military action by the United States in conjunction with Israel to knock Iran out of the oil business. So that's basically what we're talking about. If that happens, um, Russia and China step in. There's almost no, there's almost no doubt about it. Um, 
here's the, uh, well, I'm not going to play the video, but I think a lot of people have seen the video of Lindsey Graham. He's going all over live TV, basically making threats, um, talking about wiping people out. Um, so, I don't know. It would be nice to see some of our elected officials as passionate about um, our own borders as they are about other countries' borders, right? Um, so, Carlson then asks um, Colonel McGregor, is that his name? McGregor, yeah. Uh, Carlson then asks, um, so what would war with Iran mean? And he says, well, it's hard to know because virtually no one who's talking about it in public is operating from a deep interest in America's interests. Is it this good for us or is it not? If, as Senator Graham suggests, we start bombing critical infrastructure in Iran, McGregor warns, the destruction would be wholesale, as Iran would target all the bases we have in Iraq and Syria, with around a thousand Americans, would be targeted in this time accurately. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a good argument for um, us not even having these bases over there. Um, I know that's a lot of people that I've I've met that aren't political feel that we don't need to have um, so many bases in the Middle East. Um, you know, there's there's basically one mind of thinking that we we need to kind of not be the world police, and then the other uh, line of thinking is that well, America needs needs to lead the way, and um, if we if we didn't, then there would be no peace in these other countries. And to me, it seems like there's no peace um, anyway, whether we're there or not. Um, and so we're just kind of putting our people in the line of fire, it seems like. Um, so that is all I'll talk about on that. But uh, definitely check out some of Lindsey Graham's um, public responses. He's on MSNBC. He's on Fox News, basically um, making threats. Um, talking about how we need to how we need to bomb and level the Gaza Strip and Palestine. Um, so the next story is coming from Shift Gold. Um, it, the headline is Biden administration runs third largest budget deficit in U.S. history. Right. And then right here in the very first paragraph, they say uh, the Biden administration ran a $1.695 trillion budget deficit in the fiscal year 2023. It was the third largest deficit in U.S. history. The only time the U.S. government ran bigger deficits was during the COVID years of 2020 and 2021. So there you go. That's Trump's last year in office and Biden's first year in office. So, um, yeah, I won't get into the whole COVID thing. But um, the spending went way up. The the printing, the 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 money printing, the the uh, Federal Reserve, which is neither federal nor a reserve, just just uh, I think they they printed more money in something like two years than we have in the past hundred years or something like that. It was a ridiculous amount of money. So all that does is that makes every dollar that you have um, have less buying power. And now that we're talking about war in the Middle East, um, on that subject, if if the the power of the U.S. petrodollar goes down, that's all we have. We don't. It's not gold backed. We haven't had a gold backed currency since the seventies. So um, if if our influence um, 
in that region uh, is is going down and like it is right now um and if it and if things continue with this this war in israel then that's going to um in my opinion uh take a huge toll on our economy like i said something like 20 to 25 percent of our oil goes through um iran so um you know, imagine, imagine what that could do. Gas is already like over $4 a gallon. Um, so that's going to have huge implications. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, you know, 2020 that that's Trump's last year. So for the conservatives out there, I think we, uh, you know, most, most of the people I know, um, were pretty against a lot of the lockdowns and a lot of the spending, um, Trump basically signed an executive order that was an open checkbook to any of the states, any of the liberal states, um, for funding. I think there was something like $50 billion going to, to California. Um, I'd have to check and see what the actual numbers were, but it was, uh, it was a ridiculous amount of money that was, um, in my opinion, wasted. And you had these guys like Gavin Newsom going to hotels. They didn't really, or, uh, I mean, um, restaurants in public without wearing masks of course rules for thee but not for me um so they obviously didn't they weren't scared they didn't care but they wanted everybody else to uh to to be afraid and to stay home and and all this stuff i said i wasn't going to get into it here i am um but uh yeah so uh, the spending has been absolutely insane for the last like four years and if you add that on top of what's going on in the Middle East um, and what, how that could affect the power of the U.S. dollar, the U.S. petrodollar, um, that could have some some pretty bad um, effects for us. So um, I don't have any, uh, you know, I'm not a finance, I don't give financial advice. I'm not a financial expert by any stretch of the means, but uh you know, take that information how you will and, uh, you know, take care of yourselves and your families and maybe um, look into di- uh, diverting some of your investments into some, uh, you know, some non-traditional ways. I'll just say that. Um, so the next article here, this is by Zero Hedge. Uh, this uh, The headline says, Don't go to college. Bill Maurer compares universities to North Korean re-education camps. Uh, so this is uh, this is pretty funny. I don't usually agree with Bill Maurer, although lately he seems to be um, kind of going down the, slightly the right path. You know, I think it's important not to get your hopes up too high with these celebrities because they almost always end up, you know, kind of reverting back to their leftist agendas. But... Uh, Bill Maurer uh, just told young Americans to skip college because it just makes you stupid and that elite schools are similar to a North Korean re-education camp that are racist towards Asians and don't teach accurate history. So there he's referencing, um, what is it? Uh, Oh, I can't even think of it, but the, uh, you know, uh, there he's referencing um, affirmative action uh, and, uh, basically how Asians, even when they score way higher on their, their, uh, test scores, they still have a harder time getting in because so many Asians score very highly. And uh, these schools want to look diverse. So they want to have 
so many X amount of Latino students and X amount of African American students and all this and that and it, it, the uh, the Asian students always always the Asian students and the white students are always at the short end of the stick um, and so uh, but I think he's uh, he's right when he says that they're like North Korean reeducation camps they are uh, feeding you propaganda and lies. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a big market for blue collar work. Um, you know, I myself am in manufacturing, I'm a machinist. Um, a lot of that, um, you know, is still here. It hasn't been outsourced. Um, and so you don't need a college degree to do something like that. It doesn't hurt, but, um, you can start with an entry level job like I did and work your way up pretty quickly. I did construction for 10 years. You certainly don't need a college degree for that. And people are always going to need homes. And in fact, they're going to need their homes, uh, rebuilt and repaired. Um, so, um, you know, look into trade schools or something like that. Um, and that's not to say that going to college, um, is always a bad idea. If there's a specific field that you, uh, are interested in, um, sometimes a college degree really does give you the upper hand or it's, it's basically impossible to not work in that field if you don't have one. But, um, I would just think, think long and hard about it. Um, luckily I, I had, uh, I had smart parents that kind of, uh, while I was going to school, helped me realize that. I wasn't really passionate about it. I went to, uh, three semesters for computer science and, uh, I didn't, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do programming. I just, I was going to college because I, that's what you were supposed to do. You graduated high school and then you went to college. And if you didn't, you were a loser and I didn't want to be a loser. So I went and I spent tons and tons of money that I didn't have. And luckily I got out, um, before, you know, the, the damage was too bad. Um, so there's a rare, there's a rare gem from, from Bill Maurer. Um, this next article is from RT. The headline is U S will build a new world order. This is from Biden. He said this last Friday, I believe, um, kind of echoing the, uh, the 1991 state of the union address by, uh, Bush senior. And anytime, anytime anybody uses this phrase, this term new world order, I just kind of slap my forehead and think like, have you never been on the internet? People, people do not like this term. People are afraid of this term. We know what it means. We know what you're trying to do. Um, so the new world order, uh, is, uh, is what Biden wants to do now. It says the current system has run out of steam. The president told supporters in a campaign speech. Oh, Biden has supporters, I guess he must've paid them some money to be there. Um, it says the current U S led world order has sort of run out of steam, but Washington will shape the system that replaces it. U S president Joe Biden told supporters on Friday. Leaders in Moscow and Beijing, however, have argued otherwise. Um, so, yeah, obviously China and Russia um, want to downplay the U.S.'s power. And I'm not going to, they quote Joe Biden here, but he repeats himself and it doesn't make any sense, which is par for the course for Joe Biden. And at the risk of sounding ridiculous, I will, uh, I will refrain from, from reading the quote. 
but he basically talks about how um, we we had a new world order kind of in the post-war era, uh, era um, and he says it works well, but it has run out of steam, and so we now need a new new world order. Um, and uh, again, you know, welcome to the internet. People are not interested in a new world order. Um, you know, the, George George Bush Senior kind of popular popularized that um, in 1991. Um, but nowadays, you only really ever hear these utopian globalist type leftists using that phrase in a good way. Anybody else that uses it is talking about the Illuminati and they're talking about the elites and um, it's not in a in a good light. So I'm surprised that um, Biden's handlers didn't kind of uh, let them know that like, hey, people people don't want a new world order. You might want to call it something else. Um, but anyway, that's, uh, that's what he told his 14 supporters. <laughs> um, and then, uh, well, we're, we'll skip this. We'll skip this last uh, article here, but, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, the, uh, episode, uh, episode number one, a first solo podcast, uh, should be on Pandora and a couple other platforms, hopefully Podbean, but you can always find uh, my podcasts and my articles at my Substack page. It's daleupright.substack.com. Thanks, and have a good night.